You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow Bright City Church on Instagram. Today's message is from Pastor Nick. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Well, welcome to Bright City Church. We're so glad that you're here. Um, Great news. Uh, We're a little full right now, but that's okay because we are starting two services next week. It's actually our birthday, and uh, because it's our birthday, we just said, you know what, let's just double it up and celebrate and have some fun. So we are going to do that next week. The services will be at 9.30 and 11, Uh, so if you feel like God has graced you with the gift of early mornings, um, God bless you. And then there are those who need that 11 a.m. stroll in. Anyone else? Maybe a few of you. So we'll have that option as well. But also, here's the even thing, the bigger thing that we're so excited about is that it gives you an opportunity to step in to serve. And so if you've ever wanted to jump in and serve at Bright City, if you've ever wanted to jump and serve in Bright City Kids or anything like that, it gives you the option to serve one and attend one. So we're so excited about that. Uh, yeah, our whole heart is for you to jump in to all that God has for you here. Um, And so we're super excited about that. Let me pray for us, uh, and then we will uh, get right to it. Father, we are grateful for your presence. We are grateful for your power. And Father, we are just asking that you would come in a mighty way. Uh, Father, for anyone who thinks that they just came to church, Father, uh, I just pray that you would show them quickly that they didn't come to a building, but they came into your power and into your presence. And so, Father, we just pray that you would move in a mighty way this morning. Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Father, this is a dead religion unless you are guiding and speaking. And so, Father, we just pray that you would speak. Uh, Father, I pray that the things that you speak, that you would enable uh, to give us power to walk with you and change those things. Father, we are not a people to come into your presence and leave the same. God, we are a people to come into your presence and leave empowered and aflamed for your gospel. Uh, Father, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we are talking about beginning again. Like if you are like me and maybe I'm like you, like last year was just a crash course. And so you're stepping into a new year and you're stepping into just this new faith and new journey with God. And if you're like me, you're actually wondering if you can begin again. Like I think if we're all honest, we're waiting for like the other shoe to drop. Like, oh, I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna start going to church and then then something's gonna happen or, or we're gonna start heading this way as a country and something's gonna happen or we're gonna start feeling this and something's gonna happen. And so what we've tried to do is tried to give you the full assurance and full faith to jump right in with Jesus because if he's with you, everything's gonna be okay. And so we've kind of been giving three different scenarios from a boat. And if you were here last week, we talked about how for a lot of us, we're hesitant to get into the boat because if we're honest, it kind of looks like this, life kind of looks like this boat where you're like, I mean, like some of you have actually asked me, does it float? Like, does this, I mean, I think that's a valid question. Like, does this boat float? And so in life, you've got this boat that barely looks like it floats. And actually this belongs to a ninth grader. And so he's like done some outfitting and upfitting to it. And so you're like, okay, so now I'm even more skeptical. 
I'm even more scared about this boat. And then it's almost like life's told you to get into this tin boat and then head straight into a hurricane. Do you ever feel like that? God's like, hey, get into the tin boat and, and get out on the water and then go into you can't see land and then here comes the hurricane. And so how do we get back in the boat again? Like if, if, you're, if you're like me, there are probably some things in your life that have burned you. There are probably some things in your life that have kind of rocked your faith. Like you're here this morning and praise God that you're here because two feet means that you've taken two steps of faith into this building to say, God, I, I, you didn't give up on me, so I haven't given up on you. And even though you might feel like you haven't given up on God, sometimes you're wondering, like, God, have you, have you given up on me? Like, if you sent me sailing in this, in this boat into a hurricane, and I'm just out there in the hurricane blowing around in a tin boat. And so how do we get back into the boat with God? If that's kind of our story and that maybe that's where we've been and maybe that's how we're feeling at least internally, like how do we get back in the boat with God? And so we talked about a few things last week that help us jump into this boat again. And one thing that we talked about was actually counting the cost before we get in. So last week we were in uh, one of the stories in the Gospels where the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is asleep. And right before Jesus invites them into the boat, he tells them that there's going to be some cost associated with jumping into this boat. And I think as the American church, we're offended by cost. Like, I want Jesus as long as it doesn't cost me anything. Like, I'm fine to get into the tin boat as long as everything is, is, is cheap and easy. And the crazy thing about Jesus is he gives you free admission into the boat because it cost him everything. Like, like, we get into the boat by grace through faith because of the purchased life that he purchased on the cross for you and I. But once you're in the boat, Jesus says, hey, I, 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 it's going to cost you some things to stay in the boat. Like, it's going to cost you some relational things. It's going to cost you some family things. It's going to cost you maybe wanting to live somewhere and having to live somewhere else. It's going to cost what you do for a living. Maybe you had dreams about doing this, but God's asking you to do that. Like in order to jump into the boat and step into the boat with Jesus, it's going to cost some things. And so we've got to expect the cost. We can't be offended by the cost. And then we're in the boat just like the disciples were in the boat because they got into the boat and they left a few things behind. And all of a sudden, the chaos comes. And again, we as the church, not only are we offended by the cost, we're offended by the chaos. Like, hey, I, you know, I, I thought following Jesus was another day at the yacht club. Like, I, I mean, I, th I thought that I paid the membership and I give to church and sometimes and, and once I'm in the boat, that means smooth sailing. But Jesus is saying, hey, you need to take heart because in this world you will have trouble. John 16, 33, 33. But I have overcome that trouble. I have overcome the storm. And so we've got to expect the chaos of life. We don't jump on social media and we don't jump on the news like the rest of the world. Like we don't go, oh, whoa, 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 what is going on? We, we go, whoa, 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 Jesus told me this was going to happen. 
Like he told me this was going to happen. He told me this was going on. He, and, and he told me these things, and sometimes I doubt, the, doubt God because of those things, but actually I should trust him more because he predicted this. Like if someone told you to go to Las Vegas and put it all on red and you put it all on red and you come out a millionaire, you're going to go back to that person and you're going to say, hey, I'm going again next week. What you got? Is it black this time? Is it red? Is it, is it blackjack? Well, what am I doing? What am I playing? And so we get to trust God even more in the chaos because he told us it was going to come. But just as much as we can expect the cost and we can expect the chaos, we can expect the calm. We can expect the calm. Like he is the prince of peace and he's inviting us into that calm with him. But here's the hard part about the calm is the calm doesn't necessarily mean that the storms will stop. It just means that the prince of peace is going to be with you in the midst of the storms. And that's a, that's a hard place to be. Because Jesus is, sometimes feels like he's sleeping through, right? Like, does anybody feel like Jesus may, might be sleeping through a storm in your life? You're like, Jesus, wake up. Jesus, what's going on? Jesus, I need you. Like, it feels like he's sleeping through it, but he's actually right there with you, going through it with you. And so we get to expect the cost, we get to expect the chaos, and we get to expect the calm because Jesus is with us. And so if we get in the boat, which I'm, I'm getting, I'm just going to be honest with you, every time I jump into this thing, I feel like is an exercise of faith just for me alone in front of you guys. But we get in this boat and, and it really does feel like a little shaky and it's tin and all the things. And so we get in and we sit in the boat and we're like, all right, Lord, okay, I'm in the boat. And you start to feel comfortable with being in the boat. You're like, okay, Lord, like, okay, I think, I think it's good. I think it's going to hold up for the whole gathering. Maybe one more sermon, Lord, please do that. Someone asked me if it's sitting on an Ikea table and I'm like, I sure hope not, because we're all doomed if it's on an Ikea table. And so we're, we're in the boat, and we start to get a little comfortable with the boat. It's like, okay, we're getting comfortable. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes in, and he's like, hey, you're in the boat right now, and that's great. But you're actually made to step out of the boat. Like, no, 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 Jesus, like, I, I just got in the boat. I I just got here. I just put my trust in the one who's in the boat, and I'm in the boat, and I've got my seatbelt on in the boat, and I'm facing forward, and I'm looking out on the horizon because I'm told if you look out on the horizon that you don't get seasick, and so, God, that's where I'm at. I'm in the boat, and I'm trying not to get seasick, and I'm trying not to throw up. Uh, One time, we went with friends to see the Blue Angels in uh, Seattle. It's like a big deal. And so you get out on the water at like 7 a.m., and you go out on, on the water, and the blue angels fly over at like 5 p.m. No one told me that. So I am in the boat, and as more and more people come out, it starts to get rocky. Like, it's rocky beyond rocky. It's like, okay, I have lunch, but I'm not eating my lunch because I'm about to give back my breakfast, Rocky. And, and that's what happened. And so you're you're here and you're in the boat and and things are crazy, but you're like, man, I just got the I just got the confidence to get into the boat. And then Jesus comes and he's like, hey, I don't want more from you. 
I see more in you. And so I want you to get out on the boat and trust me. And so this is where we're going to be this morning, is that Jesus is going to call Peter out of the boat. Like Peter got in the boat, he's going to call him out of the boat. And it's not because he wants anything more from him. He knows that there is more in Peter. And I believe for you and I, when we're sitting here and you're sitting here, is you might have just gotten in the boat with Jesus. You might have just gotten the courage to get into the boat with Jesus. But I know that Jesus is looking at each one of your lives and he is saying with confident faith that there is more in you. And here's the deal. There is more in you because not some guy preaching from a boat says that there's more in you. There is more in you because Christ is in you. Like, I mean, that's crazy. Like, let that sink in a little bit that the hope of glory is indwelling your heart and body and mind and soul. So this is not some rah-rah message to say, there's more. Because, like, it's New Year's. Like, everybody feels like they're always saying there's more, right? Like, more dieting, more sleeping, more reading, more everything. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's not more in that sense. There is more because Christ is in you. So we pick up in Matthew 14, verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside to pray by himself. What kind of sick joke is this? Like, hey, you had the storm, now get in the boat by yourself. I'll meet you, like, just go on to the other side. Like, these guys are seasoned fishermen. And I'm sure if it's me, I'm like, nope, nope, you did this once. The storm came. You're not going to be with me this time? You were with me the last time and I freaked out. But now you're not going to be with me. You're going to be, like, praying on a spiritual retreat. And then you're asking me to run Uber taxi to the other side of the lake. And no, no, in Jesus' name, no. Later that night... He was there all alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. What kind of Netflix show is that? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't afraid and then here's where it gets crazy and good lord if it is you peter replied tell me to come to you on the water come he said then peter got out of the boat walked on the water and came towards jesus but when he saw the wind he was afraid and began to sink crying out lord save me immediately jesus reached out his hand and caught him You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And so we've mustered up the courage to get into the boat. And then Jesus all of a sudden 
cause us to come out on the boat. And he's, he's calling Peter to come out of the boat because he's like, Peter, I know you. I created you. There's more in you. And so Jesus is inviting us into the same thing. Like, hey, I know you. I created you. I know that there is more in you. And so now let's just step on out. And so how do we got in the boat? All right, that's that. I thought that was enough. So how do we get out of the boat? And one of the first things that we need to know when we're getting out of the boat is that it is never convenient. When Jesus calls us to get out of the boat, whatever that looks like in life, like 98% of life might be in the boat with Jesus, but every once in a while, he's going to call you out of the boat. He's going to call you to walk on water. He's going to call you to do something that you would never be able to do in your own capacity, and you would never dream that you could do in your own dreaming and imagination. And he's going to call you in that moment. And the one thing that you need to know is in that moment, it is never convenient. Like I think sometimes, at least for me, I am always waiting for the right time to take a right step with God. Like, all right, God, just show me the right time. And God's like, hey, I don't know what to tell you. The right time is right now. It's like... What are, you, what are you waiting on? I, like I hung the stars in the skies and I created everything and I've created you and I've put it in place and I've given it order and even in the chaos I've brought some order. And so for you and I, if there is a thing that he is calling you to, it is never going to be convenient. So when Peter is in this moment, first of all, Jesus comes to them in the fourth watch of the night. That's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Can, can we all agree that that's not convenient? Like, if you come over to the Conley household, I just need you to know right now, like, I will muster up some sort of hospitality, but that is never convenient. In fact, some would say that that's satanic. Like, don't do it. Like, that's just, that's not what it's about. And so he comes out from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and then all of a sudden, when Peter gets the courage to take a step out of the boat and walk on water like he sees Jesus doing, the winds and the waves come. Like how many of you can resonate with life in that way? Like whenever you decide, whenever you create some sort of resolution in your life, whenever you become resolved to do something, the resistance comes, right? Like, God, I resolve to get up at 6 a.m. And then 6 a.m. comes. Like, there's enough resistance in 6 a.m. itself. God, I resolve to read the Bible in the year, and then overtime comes. God, I resolve to come to church every Sunday, and then friends come into town. Like, have you ever experienced that? Like, anytime you resolve to say, God, I am putting my feet in your house every week, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be there, and then, like, someone comes in, and they're like, brunch. Let's do it. I mean, who doesn't want to go to brunch? Like, I mean, I get it. I understand. And so you have to know in your heart of hearts that if God is calling you to step out of the boat, that it will never be convenient. With every resolution you make, there will always be resistance. And that's just how it is. Because chances are, if you are wanting to take a step towards Jesus and do something miraculous with your life, the enemy is going to be there with every step. His job is to make you think that you can never take a step. 
And God's job is to always make you think that if he's calling to you to, you can always take that step. But it is never, ever convenient. So my question is, if God has asked you to do something and you're waiting, what are you waiting on? Because if you're waiting on convenience, I can promise you it's never going to happen. Like you need to know without a doubt, if you are following Jesus, it will always be inconvenient. It will always be inconvenient. You will always be asked to lay something down. You will always be called to sacrifice for the one who sacrificed everything. Like that's the gospel. And I think what we've done as the church is we're, we're, we're willing to jump through the hoops so that it's really convenient for you. And God's like, hey, that, that's, that's not the kingdom that I set up. I didn't set up a, a kingdom of convenience. I set up a, conven- a kingdom of inconvenience. And it, it's, it's going to be inconvenient. Things are going to happen at the worst times. You're going to have so many things in your heart that you want to do. And, and you're still going to have to take that step through the inconvenience. So if we're going to step out of the boat, we have to know that it is never, ever convenient. Another thing we have to know when we step out of the boat is that when we step out of the boat, it is never practical. Like this is one of the things that I love about this story is because I think it contradicts with everything in our culture. Like everything in our culture needs to be practical or efficient, right? Like if it's not practical or efficient, then we're not jumping in. Like this has got to be smooth. This week, uh, this hit me because we were volunteering at the warming shelter all week. We were on call. Everything about it was not practical. Like everything, like I, I checked my inbox on, and this is, this is me probably not having the whole picture. I checked my inbox when I was writing the sermon and I had 63 emails just from them to try to figure out how we could serve in the warming center. And then I checked again this morning and I had 115. Like, nor, like the American way or the American culture says, if it's too many emails and it inflates my inbox, then it is a big fat no. And when you follow Jesus, and if you're willing to step out of the boat, it is never going to be practical. I mean, look at the story of Peter walking on water. I, I love this story because, number one, Jesus didn't have to walk on water, right? Number two, Jesus didn't have to walk on water to let him, to let him be seen walking on water. Like, he could have walked on water another way and not let them see him. And then here's the even bigger thing. Peter didn't have to ask to get out of the boat. I mean, that's crazy. Like, we don't look at Jesus and see the things that Jesus did and go, I want to do that. Like, let me walk on water. Like, in our hearts, we're like, oh, no, it's got to be practical. It's got to be practical. It's got to be one of those things where I just, I know that I can see it and it makes sense and it adds up. I mean, just the nature of generosity alone, like just the nature of managing your money alone in the kingdom of God is God always says, hey, I need you to take the step. I need you to give 10% and I need you to not ask questions and I need you to trust. 
I mean, that's not practical. Like, show me one segment on MSNBC or any stock show or anything like that that says, now first, what you want to do is you want to give to the local church and then buy Tesla. Like, give to God and then Bitcoin. Like, that's not how it works. And so if, if God is asking you to take a step out of the boat, we've got to shake our heads and we have to know that it is never going to be practical. It is never going to make sense. There are things you're going to have to leave behind and it might not seem practical. There are things that God's going to ask you to do and you might not have seen them from anyone else walking on this earth except for him. Like Peter is only getting out of the boat because he's seen what Jesus has done. And in that moment, if I'm Peter, I could have left the walking on water to Jesus and said, man, that was pretty amazing. Like, that was cool. What happened today, Peter? Well, let me tell you what happened. We were on a boat, and then it got crazy, and we were out there, and then Jesus walks on water, and he comes to us. Like, you tell that story at the pub, like everyone's buying you drinks, right? Like, you just leave it at that. But Peter couldn't leave it at that. He was like, hey, if Jesus is made to walk on water, then I am made to walk on water too. But whatever he's calling you to, it will not be practical. So my question is, what are you waiting on doing that God's asked you to do but you're like waiting for the one to carry. You're waiting for the math to add up. You're waiting for X, Y, and Z. Everything that Peter did was not practical in that moment. If we're going to follow God, if we're going to truly follow God, if we're truly going to walk with Jesus, we need to know that everything he does is outside of our cultural practicality. It's just what it is. And I think there are so many great things that have been the wisdom of this world that have seeped into the church. But one of the things that has seeped in that is poisoning the church is practicality. We've made it too practical. Like we're talking about walking on water. There's nothing practical about that. Like that's like a fun party trick. Like there's nothing practical about it. But the beautiful thing about that is that we serve the God of the ultimate party tricks and he is willing to do whatever, whenever, however, if you will just believe and step out of the boat. Like it doesn't even have to make sense. Uh, We were, last night we were at the warming shelter and I saw this guy and he had a Bible open and I literally just started talking to him. I was like, oh, what you read? And he's like, "Uh, the Bible. And I was like, I see that. And I was like, well, what, what are you reading in the Bible? He's like, oh, I'm going through Acts again. I was like, Again, okay, yeah, explain to that. What's going on? And he was like, well, I just, I love the early church. And I was like, okay, all right, tell me more. And he was like, man, I just loved how they lived. And so more, I start talking to him more and more and start hearing his life story. He is at the homeless shelter, but he is a college graduate. And he had a rough patch where he lost everything. And he said, rather than getting it all back, he was going to live among the homeless for a little while. And I was like, what in the world is happening here? Where am I? And he's just talking and talking and talking. There was nothing practical about his life. Then I go, all right, so, so tell me more. And he's like, well, you know, I've been thinking that I'm going to move to Europe. I'm like, 
you have nothing over your head. How are you going to move to Europe? Like, talk to me about that process, like passport, plane ticket, COVID, uh, Europe. Like, we all want to go to Europe, right? Anyone not want to go to Europe? No? Okay, I, I was just making sure, like, Italian wine sounds really good after 2020. And he's like, I just, I just want to go to Europe. And I'm like, okay, what's going on in Europe? He's like, well, you know, the more and more I hear, the more and more I'm here, the more and more I see that the church, the, the, there's enough gospel here. And when I think about Europe, there's no gospel there. And he's homeless. Has no, he's living on a cot. I just served him casserole from a nice older lady named Becky. And he's eating casserole out of styrofoam. And he's dreaming about Europe. And I think that is the faith that God has put in each one of you. And sometimes it just takes losing it all to realize that you have it all. To realize that you can get out of the boat because he's with you. So if you're going to step out of the boat, you have to know that it is never going to be practical. And lastly, if you're going to step out, you have to know that it is always going to appear seemingly impossible. Like, that's, that's the crazy thing about this moment in, in Peter is like, like, how did, I mean, this is the Peter that's going to deny him. This is the Peter that says the really dumb things. This is the Peter that, like, rebukes Jesus. And all of a sudden, he sees Jesus doing the impossible. And he's like, I'm in. I want to walk. Let's do it. And so he jumps out on the water. And he defies the laws of physics. And I love that when we follow Jesus, if we're truly following Jesus, following Jesus into the supernatural, we'll always proceed and go past the natural. Like it's always going to go past the natural. He takes the impossible and he makes it possible. When uh, I thought about starting this service uh, I kept, th- or starting this sermon series, I kept thinking like how fickle my heart is because when you got to the uh, place with um, Mary and Mary's told that she's going to be a teenager and she's going to birth the savior of the world and she says, absolutely God, with, with you, everything is possible. Nothing is impossible with God. And so that's where I am around Christmas time and then January comes and I'm like, God, everything is impossible. Everything. Everything's impossible. This is impossible. That's impossible. Everything is impossible. But here's what I love about God is he calls us into those impossibilities so that he can increase what we think can be possible with him. Like if you're stepping into some scary stuff right now, it is not because God wants you to be scared. It's because God wants you to know that there is more faith in you. If you're facing an uphill climb right now and it looks impossible, I think that God has you there because he wants you to know what you're capable of because the living God lives inside of you. Like if you're following Jesus, then you have the impossible God living and at work in you and he is going to do the impossible in and through you. That's what he does. And so I think a lot of times we become offended by the impossibilities. And I think what God wants us to do is embrace the impossibilities because he wants you to see what he's really capable of. He wants you to see 
what his capacity is. So when Jesus is walking on the water, yes, that is an amazing party trick. Thank you, Jesus. But I think he wanted them to see what is actually capable in the power of God. Like Jesus calms the storm. Hey, I just want you to know that God's words have power. Like just him exercising authority over nature and over the water and over Peter's life in that moment is him just saying, hey, I need you to just have a big old fat, please trust me. Like just trust me. And so if you have been following Jesus and you're after this year, you're like, okay, I'm in the boat again. Feels a little wobbly, but that's okay. Got this cool rope up here. Uh, No anchor, but that's all right. Um, I'm in the boat. And then Jesus looks at you and he says, hey, you're not made for the boat all the time. You are made to step out some of the time. And you're like, no, 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 Jesus. That's not how it works. I get in the boat. I trust you. I stay in the boat. And God is looking at you and he's saying, hey, you are made to get out of the boat. I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know that there is more in you. And there is more in you because Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, the old powerful one who raised from the dead is all up in your life, living in and through you. And so there are going to be some days that he's going to ask you to step out of the boat and we're all going to agree right now. Can we all agree? They won't be convenient. It will always be inconvenient. And we're like, okay, all right, I don't need convenience. That's okay. And then you like kind of stand up. He's like, hey, I need you to know one more thing. It's not going to be practical either. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel pointless. It's going to just feel out there. It's going to feel like walking on water because that's what it is. He's like, hey, I just need you to press through. I need you to press through. And just as you're about to take that step, He's like, hey, I just want to tell you one more thing. I want to tell you one more thing. This step is going to feel seemingly impossible. And then when you get out there, it's going to feel even more seemingly impossible. But here is the most beautiful thing about Jesus. Is every time he is calling you in the boat or out of the boat, he is essentially calling you to be with Jesus him it's not about what you're going to do or not do it's about who you are stepping out of the boat to join it's just about being with him and walking through life with him how amazing is that that the king of kings wants you to walk with him in the boat out of the boat on the water no matter what it is he is with you Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm just grateful that you call us to get in the boat. I'm grateful for the days that you call us to get out of the boat. (sighs) Father, I just pray right now that uh, I just pray for the people who are faced with a situation of getting out of the boat. And God, we don't make light of those situations. We don't make light of what you're calling us to. There are big 
big things that you're asking us to do. There are big, big things you're asking us to trust you with. And so God, we don't make light of that. But just as much as those things seem big, we serve a very big God. So Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, if you're asking people to uh, leave jobs, God, I just pray that they would know right now that you are with them. If you're asking someone to take up a new career, God, I just want you to let them know that you're on the other side of that career, that you're waiting for them. You're asking them to take that step and it's just a step closer to you. Father, if there are people here that you're asking to relocate, Father, would you help them take that step? May they see that picking up their life and laying down their life, all that means is they are getting your life. Father, if you are asking someone to end an unhealthy relationship, Father, I pray that you would help them. Father, if you are asking someone to take a huge financial risk of giving and investing in the kingdom, Father, I pray that you would just show them what it looks like to walk on water. You did on the cross. You showed us that only when we give everything do we experience the resurrection power. So, Father, if you are, are calling someone to give financially and sacrificially, God, I just pray that you will show them that you are on the other side of that gift. Father, even bigger. If you are calling someone to follow you for the very first time, Father, I pray that you would show them that the life before them is far greater than the life that they're going to leave behind. May you show them the beauty of a son who sacrificed everything to cover our sins and to extend forgiveness. And all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is say yes. Father, we pray for those people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.